Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? It's good. It's good. My mother-in-law is coming into town in about an hour. That's good. Yeah. You excited? I am. We haven't seen her in like two years. Oh, wow. And you got yeah. the yard already. And, we uh, do. Everything's yeah. all set. Oh, this is, is perfect. Yeah. Is it a surprise visit or were you planning this for like months? No, she just called and said, I'm coming like two weeks ago. <laughs> okay. Well, then like, everything okay, is well glad I'm yeah. So, you know. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so this so is a wonderful time. Yeah. We're super excited. We haven't seen her in ages. So Good. Good, good, good. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a great way to start. And right? speaking of, of your mother-in-law and mamas. Mamas. We're going <laughs> to do Mamma Mia today. We are going to do Mamma Mia. But, but Kelly, I'll ask the question everyone's thinking. What the heck does Mamma Mia have to do with spirit chirpa well i'm so glad you asked <laughs> <laughs> this is part of our mythology series it is it is and mama mia the original is a modern day aphrodite tale and um i say the original because you know and we'll talk about this a little bit down the road but um the the sequel broke the the mythos and so I was so angry just in the first opening scene that I like almost got up and walked out. So because <laughs> they broke the, they, they clearly had no idea what they had created when they put this together. 
because they violated all the rules of it in this in the sequel. So what I'm going to say to you is if you've never seen Mamma Mia or the sequel, watch Mamma Mia. Absolutely do not watch the sequel. It is it, it doesn't even follow its own internal dynamic. In the original, her mother died. And in the sequel, her mother's alive and is share. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even follow its own internal storyline. And they just completely rewrote everything. So, yeah. Well, you um, also just ruined it. Spoiler alert that the mother died. No, no, no. This was a backstory. Okay. It was backstory. <laughs> so, anyway. Terrible. Also, terrible the Titanic sequel. sinks. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> The, the reason that this is a modern day Aphrodite tale is because it has, I mean, it, 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 it's written as that. It is all about Aphrodite. Now, Aphrodite is, an, is a unique goddess. Well, not entirely unique, but mostly unique. She actually has three aspects. She has a triple aspect. And she has a younger self and an older self in their triple aspect. So, uh, she is very interesting in that regard, but as you watch the movie and I'm not going to give you all of this, I literally have seven pages worth of notes on why this is an Aphrodite tale and how all the details go in. So I'm going to give you pages of seven pages. Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's just so much. And so, you know, whoever, whoever put this together clearly did some research, right? So, but the triple aspects are evident in three places in the movie. Go figure, three times three, right? And so you have the mother and her two friends, which is Aphrodite Oranos. And then you have the daughter and her two friends, which is Aphrodite Pandemos. And then you have the three possible fathers to the daughter, and they serve as the third triple aspect. And, and so the names are even relevant, right? So Donna is for the goddess Donna, D-A-N-A, uh, which she's a Celtic goddess. She's the creator mother goddess. She's really powerful and magical. And, and she's great with um, alchemy and manifestation and divine magic. She's uh, the gateway to the elemental world. Okay. Her last name is Sheridan, which literally means untamed. Okay. She represents sort of the lust for life. Right. Tanya, who is her friend who's had five husbands and marries well every time. And, you know, she is the lust for men. She is the one who is just the young kid gets the hots for her at the, at the thing. And um, I couldn't find a lot of uh, I couldn't find stuff for Tanya in Greek or Roman myth, but. But Tanya is, in fact, an early work of Hasidic philosophy, and it was it comprises five sections. Um, uh, wait, no, its formal title that it comes from is, and I'm going to say this wrong, Likute Amarim, Amarim, right, uh, which is uh, a collection of statements, but it's more commonly known by its opening word, Tanya. Okay, which means 
it, it was taught in a Beriatha, which comprises five sections that define Hasidic mystical psychology and theology as a handbook for daily spiritual life and Jewish observance. Okay. Um, thank you, Wikipedia. We love you. And so she's the lust for men. And then the third person is Rosie, who is the lust for sensual pleasures or food. She's a food, uh, she's a, uh, author of cookbooks in the story. And the rose is actually the flower associated with the goddess Aphrodite. Okay. And if you remember your uh, Da Vinci code, the rose is also associated with the Mag- Mary Magdalene. Rose is also sub rosa is an, a statement for things that are kept secret because a rose was placed over the door when there was a secret meeting, right? And this references the secret of who Sophie's fathers are, who Sophie's father is, right? And so there's this whole shebang there, right? And they're meeting at, as a joint structure, the three of them, the three in one is the dynamos. They're, they used to be in a band called the dynamos, and it's from the Greek dynamis, meaning power. Okay? So that's just the opening, you know, triad, right? Now, when you have the younger triad, which is Sophie, Allie, and Lisa, these names are a little less obvious, but Sophie is from Sophia, uh, which the goddess Sophia, and they actually reference that in the movie. And the goddess Sophia is the goddess of wisdom. She's an uh, an expression of the feminine aspect of God in, in Kabbalistic concepts. Okay. And so she has the three fathers who three potential fathers. She discovers that she's got three potential fathers and this is the male Holy Trinity father, son, Holy spirit, right? That's the reflection of that. They aren't that in the movie, but that's what you're, what you're referencing in the mythological. Okay. And Allie, the friend Allie, is probably a reference to the library at Alexandria. Okay, because they're in Greece. So it's it's most likely a reference to that. And then Lisa, by it, it, it's if you look up what the word Lisa means, it's God's promise, which given the feminine aspect of God and everything else, it's all goes in there, right? Now, the younger uh, friends are not very often referenced. They're bit players in the in the show. So, but holy crap, we haven't even gotten anywhere in the show, and we've got all this reference. There's a lot of content, even in just what you're talking about. It, it sounds like they literally took the playbook to make the movie. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Which is why I was so horrified when they broke the, the mythology in the back end, right? So, um, and there, it's even into the costuming, you know, the whole, the whole premise of the movie is that Sophie's getting married to her partner, Sky. And so father Sky, right? <laughs> so she's getting married to Sky. So, so wisdom is marrying the sky and, um, she's invited, she, she found her mother's diary and she has three potential fathers, and she's invited all three of them, and they're all coming to the wedding. Okay. And unbeknownst to mom, 
This is the premise of the movie, right? You get that in the first five minutes. So I'm not spoiling anything. But they're getting her ready for her wedding. And the even the outfits, they're the, the bridesmaids dresses and the wedding dress all look like Roman dresses of the time, of the era, the, the early Roman wardrobe. And the necklaces that the girls wear while they're getting ready have the Stella Maris on them. They're stars. Uh, Sophie's got stars and uh, another one has a heart and another one has coral. And so even the necklaces are relevant, right? Because Aphrodite is uh, born of the foam of the ocean, right? You know, when you see Venus on a half shell, Venus and Aphrodite are the same goddess. They're just different names for Greek and Roman, right? So Venus is the Roman and Aphrodite is the Greek. And so, you know, (laughs) this is, we haven't even gotten started, right? And so the, in the beginning, they've got the, the men coming in who don't know that they're all potential fathers. They have no idea that this is happening. And they're met by Sophie and she puts them in the goat house to stay. She no, no, no. The entire hotel is, is booked. They run a hotel on this little Island and no, no, no. The hotel's booked. You're going to stay in the goat house in the, in the loft over the goat house. Now the goat house is the pan is pan, the horned God, right? And he is the, he's kind of trickster God, natural God, you know, He's, he's, if you've ever seen a Midsummer Night's Dream, you know who he is, right? That's Puck. Puck and Pan, same thing. Okay. And so, you know, here's this great joke she's playing on her mother, right? Perfect for, for Pan, the horned god. And now you've got one of the men actually has the eye of Horus on his knees. <laughs> I'm just saying there's so much stuff in this show, right? I'm going to just leave it at that. But what I want you to to know is that there's there's a scene when Donna's freaking out because she finds out about the men in her goat house and she comes to her girlfriends and she's like, Oh, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. And the, and they drag her into the bathroom and they're, you know, dabbing her tears with, with, uh, Kleenex. And, you know, they're, you know, one of them's pulling open a bottle of Valium presumably and handing it to the other to give her. And the, the other one is like, Oh, Valium. And she takes it for herself. And, you know, they, they're sitting there and they're trying to take care of her, but they're also primping in the mirror and making sure everything's okay. And that's a reference to Aphrodite's vanity. The goddess herself is considered to be very vain. Uh, you can't have an Aphrodite tale and not reference that. Okay. And so the entire, uh, they actually reference a mythos for the island that they're on, which is Calicari, uh, which is a myth. It's a, it's an imaginary island. It doesn't exist in mythology. It doesn't exist in reality. But, um, there is, uh, the mythology of the island internal to the movie is that it is the source. It's the, the location of Aphrodite's well. And at some point, you know, Donna's trying to keep, to put the place together to get people, get it ready for people to come. And, and there's this rumbling and a crack 
in the courtyard and it cracks right through the middle of a medallion of a dolphin. Well, dolphin is the symbol of Aphrodite. Okay. And the internal mythology of the island is that the, that if you drink from Aphrodite's well, that you will find the love of your life. Okay. And sure enough, as we go through the story, everyone finds the love of their lives and everybody's paired up and the well explodes in one scene and is just showering everyone with water, which is, you know, a reference to sex in addition to the, it's, you know, it's fertility and sex and connection and love and all this other stuff. And so there's, there's that. And it's, it's this wonderful tale and the most powerful moment in the movie from my perspective is the moment where um, they're doing Dancing Queen. Because the whole storyline is that Donna got pregnant, didn't know who the father was, went home to her mother, the devout Catholic, who threw her out, and she had to go make her own way in the world. She uh, had a baby, and um, the a, a woman that she took care of donated, you know, when she died, she left her some money. And turns out that the woman that she took care of was one of the father's Aunt Sophie, for whom Aunt Sophia, for whom Sophie was named. And he said, well, I always heard that her money went to family, right? It's like, huh, mm, mm. <laughs> could be, who knows? We don't know. And so, uh, you know, she ends up buying this little bed and breakfast on the island and then lives this very austere life, barely getting by, raising her daughter on her own. And, and basically her light goes out. Her lust for life dies. And the entire show, the entire movie is her, her friends going, Oh, no, 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 we can't have this. Let's go. Let's go. Dynamos, dynamite, you know, blah, blah, blah. They eat the sleep all day and what boo all night, right? It's, it's, can you tell I've seen the movie a lot? Anyway, the, uh, the upshot is that, that part of the story arc is Donna coming back into a desire to live finding her life again. And part of the storyline is Sophie realizing she doesn't have to know who her dad is in order to, to know who she is and to, to live her life and know what she wants out of life. And so, you know, you've got these story arcs that are happening within the process. And, and part of, you know, the, the moment of Donna's awakening is that uh, dancing queen moment where she goes from hiding under the covers to jumping up and down on the bed and then leading this long line of women down to the water's edge. And, you know, they, they literally, they go by this one woman who's carrying these huge, this huge thing of twigs on her back, you know, this massive thing. And she just goes, okay. And she throws it off and goes, yeah, running down to the water's edge. And the men are scared and the women are stepping into their power. And it's, 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 it's this moment of 
stepping forth into her power as the goddess that she is and remembering who she is, right? And that's why that scene is just like, oh, yes, right? Is because it is the claiming of the feminine goddess power. And this is one of the reasons why it was so popular is because it referenced this very strong mythos, this Aphrodite mythos. And yet, you know, nobody seemed to know that that's what it was doing, even though it seemed to be very clearly designed around that. So I'm not sure how that happened. Now, did they not even know what they were doing? Did they not have that plan? Have you researched that? I looked for uh, some research on that, and I did not find anything. So I, I, I don't know how you can have this many things, but, you know, it could be. Right. It is extremely loaded for them not to have designed the movie around that. That's that's it, it remarkable. Is. But the fact that they broke it in the second one implies that they may not have that that it may may have been being channeled from the collective unconscious, or that the second one was just trying to make more money. And I looked, and it wasn't. It was the same author. Yeah, the what? The same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they wanted to make more money and they broke the, the mythos because Cher was insisting on being in the movie. But, yeah, it's it's got its own thing. So, Tanya, the one who's been married five times, this this young kid who's like 20, right, is is like all about her. He's just like, give me a date. Give me a date. And she's like, oh, you know, does you and and. So the entire movie is built around ABBA songs. And so this particular scene is, does your mother know that you're out? Right. It's that. And, it, you know, she's tying a diaper on him, the whole nine yards. And so, but he's got all of his man friends dancing on the beach with, with them. And she's sitting there with the, the, with Sophie's friends. And she's going, watch how it's done girls, you know, <laughs> just, you know, in her, her element, in her power. And all these men are all about her and they like, they're lifting her up and, you know, swinging her around in the show. And then at the end, she's like, and she blows them all over and they all fall down. And she's like, and that's how it's done girls. Right. That's, you know, she's in her feminine power in that. And so there's, there's so much uh, in the movie that is this call to feminine power, right? And so the, there are side little things. It's the young kid trying to get Tanya. And then it's the, the writer who travels the, the, the ocean as a lone wolf and, and Rosie, the writer who writes her cookbooks and, you know, her, her chasing him down and him running away and, you know, and her saying, come on, take a chance on me. You know, that's so, and then Pierce Brosnan who can't sing, but, you know, is the love, love interest for, for Donna, um, Meryl Streep, who's brilliant in anything she does. But the entire show is a testament to that. And then, so it's all, it's, it's even done as a ritual. The entire movie is even done as a ritual. It, the opening and closing scenes are Sophie on the water and it's, 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 it's bookended right? And she is, 
now going off into the world to def- to explore herself and her life with her partner and and the three the three fathers are standing on the dock to see her off it's a beautiful closing scene and donna is standing there with her three potential fathers seeing her off and you know she's holding down the fort at home while the young self goes out to conquer the world right it's that Yes, that is how things are meant to be sort of thing, right? And so it is it is this joyful romp through love and power and lust and sex and you know this this awakening of self, right? And if you have not seen it, you should see it. Well, if people have not seen it after hearing this, they're going to want to see it. <laughs> they're probably going to want to see it with your notes there. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I have to retype them because I don't know what happened to the original file. But, <laughs> <laughs> ah! Holy smokes! Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. So you know, the the as I said, there's seven pages of notes, and some of them are the the uh, li- lyrics to the shows because it's the, the lyrics are relevant to the storyline. But the the it is visually stunning, and it is a mythology tale, right? So here's the thing about mythology, right? You can hear the original mythos told, or you can see a modern day interpretation of it. What you have to recognize is that the original mythology was the modern day interpretation at the time it was written. Okay. So I always look for things like Mamma Mia, where you can see the modern day interpretation of the mythology because it makes it more relevant to us, right? It makes it more viscerally experiential, which is why Mamma Mia, the, the stage show and the movie took off so strongly is because they were referencing and tapping into the morphic field of the Aphrodite mythos and bringing it into modern form. You know, that's why it was so profoundly successful and had such an impact on so many people. But if you're feeling like you don't know how to touch your own power, if you're feeling like you don't have a lust for life anymore, if you're feeling like um, you, you really aren't clear what you're supposed to do with yourself and your life and what to do about that, this movie is the one I would go to. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Kelly's, Kelly's promotion. For Mamma Mia. It's, you should have done the original promo for the movie. Even more people watching it. Holy smokes. Well, we have learned a lot today about Mamma Mia, how it ties into the Aphrodite tale. Is there anything you want to sort of add here as we come to close on this topic? Right now, more than ever, women need to come into their power. You know, we are dealing, especially in the U.S., we are dealing in a time of very complicated manipulations and power grabs in the, in the political landscape. And, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm about to do a rant in my using energetics to make business easier group because uh, a, a bank that I bank with, it has just changed their branding 
and they did it so badly and they were they were standing for you know women women business owners they were they had special programs around business owners, women business owners and they changed their brand to something that's so masculine it's not even funny and you know it, it just the the thing that i was saying that they've changed their name to primus is p r i m i s but they call it primus which is bad pronunciation and you're calling a bank for women prim us uh, what's wrong with this picture right so you know there's there's when you look at how women do have been culturally inculcated right so we have to acknowledge that in the US anywhere in the world but in the US I'm talking about right now um but women have been in culturally inculcated and our job is to be the the connectors and the harbingers of the relationship and you know the nurturers and the you know we're the community builders right and when you connect it to something like primus right it's like i'm the best women aren't going to associate with that right and this is the thing that i'm saying about the political landscape as well is that we need more women we need more women to step into their power uh, not not just in politics but just in general because women are community builders we we when we do things we want to do it we want to bring everybody else with us we want to do it with our friends we want to make we want to network and and you know we're the a rising tide raises all ships people not the i'm going to climb on top of you to be the best right we 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 do that and we want to do that and so that's really what we need right now in the US in particular is this sense of community we have lost our sense of community and it is more important than ever that women step into their power whatever role they're in is more important than ever that we step into our power because we have to hold that intention of community we have to hold that intention of caring for others we have to hold that intention of ri- raising the tide rather than you know everybody for themselves and there is so much every everybody for themselves right now it's just it's making me a little nuts and so you know it this movie is very timely in that regard because it supports that concept it it's an inspirational ride into your power and for the women specifically if you're listening to this podcast you probably are because of the the challenged childhood you've probably got a massive well of rage and you know that well of rage often keeps us from claiming our power and you don't have to punish yourself for being angry because you know when when we don't pay attention to our own emotions that anger can bleed out and we wreak havoc around us and that's why we punish ourselves right but you can instead use that anger to fuel your intentions don't engage the rage just tap the rage right so you're going to say well screw this i am not letting x y or z get in my way i must move forward and i'm come hell or high water i am getting there and use that rage to fuel the hell or high water right and and that's how you can give yourself permission to claim your power without having cleared the rage entirely yet Okay. And if you want to clear the rage, you know, come and talk to us. The Inner Peace program is a great way to do that. But until then, 
you know, this is a good pathway to help you do that. Perfect. There was something else I did want to touch on um, that, you know, you talked about inner peace and what I think is important is that people are keeping in contact with you. We talk about the, the Facebook uh, group, uh, Spirit Sherpa by Kelly Sparta Facebook group, but also something we haven't talked about in a little while is your mailing list, right? It's a great, people should be signing up, joining that mailing list because that's another way that they could get updated information on what's going on with you, right? Yeah, I'm, I will say I don't mail as often as I post in groups. Uh, I'm much more social media oriented, but uh, I do send things out periodically on the mailing list. You'll get a mail from me mm, every month or two. So it's not over <laughs> overburdened no, with no, no, mail. No, no, you but will it... not get an email every day. I, I don't have the time and patience for that. But, um, but you know, I when I have something to say, if I launch a new program, if I, you know, have something that's relevant to say, then I'll put something out occasionally if I um, every now and again, I get inspired and I'll like put together all the podcasts that I've been interviewed on and I'll send out an email that has all of the list of things that, you know, weren't in my regular feed stuff. Um, but yeah, it's not a lot. So, but yes, the mailing list is a great way to, to give you guaranteed that I will stay in touch with you at some point. Um, the, the other thing I'm going to say is that, and our, our listenership is back up now that so many States are opening up. Um, so welcome back if you've been gone for a while, right? Because <laughs> you weren't listening because you only listened in the car on your commute. Um, but, you know, share share the podcast with your friends. You know, we, we'd really appreciate it. If you feel like you got value out of it and you want to say thank you, the best thank you you can give us is to share the podcast. You know, and if you don't have anybody that you know that would appreciate it, then rate it. And, and give, leave a nice review. And that's a great way to say thank you, too. And that's a way for others who you may not know to be able to find the podcast is through your ratings and things. Perfect. All right. Kelly, isn't before we jump out or have you said everything you have to say? Power up, ladies. Power up, indeed. <laughs> all right. That is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I am Joey C., here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now. Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under a Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to www.creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up for or get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to www.kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions, with post-production by Christopher Wright. Into my home and my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing? But you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides. 
so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.